I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. What's up, everyone? It's Noah Daniels, and we're here for another episode of the Real Hauntings podcast. You'll notice that Kat and JJ are not on this episode. However, we do have a very special guest. Jim Harold is here. You know him from the Paranormal Podcast and Jim Harold's Campfire <laughs> Podcast. He's been doing this for a while and is the, I would say, probably the best in the business. It doesn't mean stop listening to our podcast, but definitely go and check out his as it's full of great ghost stories told by those who experienced it. Jim, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you, Noah. I appreciate it. Uh, and I know we recorded your campfire story and there were some great ones that you had to share. And always good to talk spooky stuff with uh, people that we haven't had the opportunity to meet yet. So great to spend some time with you and your great audience. Yeah, absolutely. And audience, if you want to follow Jim on social media, you can check him out on most platforms at The Jim Herald. Um, YouTube is just Jim Harold. So make sure you give him a follow, like, and subscribe. And of course, you can download his podcast anywhere podcasts can be downloaded. So Jim, you have been at this for, I think, since 2005. Is that yes. right? Yes. Okay. And I, when I realized that, because I've always seen your content come up, you know, as far as like podcast you may like, you know, that kind of thing, especially sure. when I'm going to search my own metrics on on our podcast. 
What was it like kind of being one of the true, I mean, this sounds so cheesy, but one of the true cowboys in this frontier of supernatural podcasting? I mean, you really got in the early days when, you know, people like Joe Rogan and 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 people of that era that were starting. Is it something you really enjoyed? Was it was it really difficult starting out? You know, how was that experience for you? Well, basically, I'd gone to school for broadcasting. I ended up working in broadcasting, but I worked behind the scenes in advertising and things like that. And I always felt that I could do it, but life circumstances, you know how that ends up. And I was in my 30s, and I had two small kids and a wife who I still have two kids, two large kids and a wife, two grown-up kids, basically, and a wife. But I had a mortgage, and it wasn't like I could quit my job and go try to become a reporter or a radio host or something down in Paducah uh, starting out. That, you know, that wasn't an option. But I heard about this thing called podcasting. And when I heard about it, I'm like, ooh, maybe I can try to do that just for fun. I was thinking about what do I want to do it on. And... Uh, you know, I couldn't really add anything to news or politics or sports. You know, that was, you know, I didn't feel I had anything to, to offer. But I had always been fascinated by the paranormal. It was one of my favorite topics. Anytime I go in a bookstore or a library, first place I would go would be to the paranormal section, which was always too small. And uh, basically, you know, I'm going to do a show on the paranormal. I don't see that many out. There were some out there. Although I don't think any of those exist anymore. I think I have the longest continuous paranormal podcast out there. I think. Not 100% sure, but as best I can tell, I do. So anyway, I said, well, I'm going to do a show on the paranormal, and it's a podcast. What am I going to call it? Paranormal podcast. I'm like, paranormal podcast. That's the name. That's how early it was. So it was a lot of like the digital equivalent of like chewing gum and bailing wire and spit <laughs> to make everything work. I mean... This is just when Apple started to add um, podcast to iTunes at the time. And people would have to hook up their MP3 players or their iPods and sync it with a computer. So when somebody, and I have had just the other day, had somebody said, I've been listening to you like since the first episode. And wow. I'm just like floored because yeah. that's a lot of dedication. But anyway, it was a challenge, but it was fun. And uh, it was fun to kind of figure it out as you went along. I mean, I had a lot of models. When it came to this by radio, if you're looking at people like Art Bell, George Norrie uh, on traditional radio, um, other broadcasters that I had worked with over the years or listened to. So I tried to use those principles, not copying, but try to use good broadcasting principles to do the show. And, uh, and it really was born out of a love that went all the way back to when I was a little kid watching In Search of with Leonard Nimoy. I mean, I've mm. always loved the paranormal. This seemed like a great way to pursue that and pursue podcasting. And Noah, I got to tell you, I thought after six months, this will be great. I'll talk to all these smart people. They've got it all figured out. I'll have all this paranormal stuff figured out in six months. And 17 years later, I have more questions than I do answers. Yeah, it is amazing that that's how it works. When Kat and JJ and I started this podcast, we are all know each other from the comedy scene in Atlanta. And as comedians with, with ADD, most projects last about as long as you can talk about them. And I had no idea that this would be something we would still be doing, like you said, six months later. Um, and then it kind of became bigger than us. And we, well, I especially love interviewing people. So it's been a real gift to get to talk to people like you who normally 
I would never get to meet or talk to. So yeah, we're super excited to have you here. And I think that's so cool that you approach it from a professional standpoint of really having a background in broadcasting, because I think a lot of us don't. And I think that shows when you listen to your podcast. I mean, you've been doing it for a while now, but even if you check out the earlier episodes, there's a level of quality that sets it apart from most podcasts that are just starting out. So I, I think that's that's really cool too. Well, one thing we love to find out from our guest, uh, it's called the Believo-meter, where you fall on that. Zero meaning you don't believe in ghosts and 10 ghosts are absolutely real. Where do you fall on that scale? Eight. Eight, okay. And why an eight? Because I think that a little bit of skepticism and a little bit of, well, what's not be so sure of ourselves is a good thing to have. I always put it, it's so funny you have that because I have something similar. I'll tell guests, I'll say, if you look at me like I'm a gas gauge when it comes to the paranormal, about three quarters full, uh, I am definitely on the believer side. I yeah. believe in the more that I do this, the more I believe that there's something going on. Yeah. The longer I do this, I'm less convinced I know what is going on, yes. if that makes any sense. I'm absolutely convinced. I mean, I'm really probably more like a 10, but I, I will say an eight because, you know, sometimes I think that we believers can be a little over exuberant. You know, mm -hmm. sometimes a paranormal investigator going into a place with an EMF meter, that's just bad electrical. You know, yeah. not every drippy faucet is a ghost. Um, that being said, I really think there's something to this. And we've had so many people over the years and people that I believe are of goodwill. I don't think they're snowing me. I don't think they're uh, trying to pull the wool over my eyes. The vast majority of people call in, I think, really believe they have an experience, have experienced something. And I think most of them really have experienced something. And so I definitely think it's real. By saying eight, just to reserve those two little areas there for a, a healthy dose of skepticism, not debunking, but skepticism when it's called for. Sure. I think that's more than fair. And as somebody, because it's this is really fun for me because I don't get to talk to a lot of people who have also interviewed so many people uh, with ghost stories or supernatural experiences. Did it kind of blow your mind how many of these experiences, while very different from one another, shared similarities that made them feel more real the more you heard these stories? Yeah, with something like uh, shadow people, which yes. I really wasn't familiar with. So many people call with shadow people experience. Another one that we've been getting more and more of, doppelgangers. Mm -hmm. People experiencing doppelgangers. So, yes, these common themes make me believe. And it, common themes from people from different walks of life. Mm -hmm. You know, we'll have medical professionals, we'll have people who work in factories, we'll have people who are stay-at-home moms or dads. We'll have people who work uh, in the entertainment industry. We'll have people of all walks of lives, but their stories are very consistent. And to me, that that builds credibility. And it's interesting because, you know, when you came on the campfire, you were telling me of two stories that happened literally decades apart. And I have mm. to say that when somebody calls in and says, you know, well, I've had one experience my whole life, or I've had two experiences my whole life, my ears perk up because it just speaks to, you know, the veracity of that story. Not that, that I mean, I believe some people are tuned in and they definitely can kind of know what's going on. And 
have more experiences. It's not to discount that, but I love when people call in and say, nothing else has ever happened to me, but this one wild thing has happened to me. Those are some of my favorite calls. Yeah, I know. It's, it's, it is a real interesting journey when you just hear people tell these stories that can truly blow your mind. And then you keep hearing them over and over again. It makes it hard to deny, not that you know, you want to deny anybody's experience, right. but it 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 is a, a pretty interesting phenomenon. Well, I know that we spoke previously and you said that you've had a couple of things happen that may not necessarily be like seeing an apparition, but you have had some things happen that um, you could talk about today. So we'd yeah. love to hear about that. And, and some of my campfire stories from my listeners are more, you know, scary or weird. But these are, well, this one thing happened to me just a few years ago. I was actually asked to be on a paranormal cruise uh, with some other speakers and so forth. And um, if anybody's familiar with the great late uh, Rosemary Ellen Guiley, who was one of the best writers in this area, and I recommend everybody read her books, Micah Hanks. Uh, and uh, who is a great podcaster in his own right. Um, And anyway, we were on this cruise, and I was getting uh, ready to speak, but we had a day at sea, so they took a few hours and put us in the conference room that they had on the ship, and it was my turn to speak. And Rosemary, for example, is just was just a tremendous speaker. And I'm like, I had to follow her. And I'm like, oh, boy. So I'm going to go get some coffee. I had a little tickle in my throat. This is pre-pandemic. I think it was 2017. And anyway, uh, I'm walking back. And I'm walking through the casino to get back to the conference room. And there's this big crane game that has money in it where the claw goes down and gets the gets the cash and picks it up. And one of the people in our group, one of the attendees, was playing it. And it caught my attention because I had a late uncle who loved those kind of crane games. Mm. But, but at like a CVS or something, he would go. And if there was one in the the little foyer or something or Walmart or wherever it was, uh, he would like drop $10 to try to win a $99 toy. And then he just hand it to, to the, the, you know, the the youngest person there with him. Uh, but he loved those games and he had passed in 2013. He was like a second dad to me, very important person in my life. So I had this intense thought, man, I wish he were here. Cause he liked to gamble a little bit too, you know, a scratch off, uh, uh, lottery tickets, maybe the football poll, nothing big, but he liked that. So I thought, man, he would love this. He would blow all his money doing this, playing this game. Uh, you know, you could play this claw game he loved with the cash. So I, all of a sudden, uh, an older woman walks up next to the guy playing the, the crane game. And she puts her hand to her mouth and she goes, John, John. So anyway, her husband or whoever it was walked up. But guess what the name of my uncle was, my late uncle? Is it John? It was John. Wow. What are the chances, man? Yeah. What are the chances? I had to be, I mean, and that's not a ghost story. It's what I call a head scratcher, which is Mm. some of my favorites. But I had to be there at that time, probably wouldn't have even noticed it had not a member of our group been playing it, had this intense thought about my uncle, and all of a sudden, a woman within 30 seconds is yelling out his name. Yeah, wow. That's like, yeah. 
Well, no, you go ahead. I, I have my thought. You give me uh, yours. I was just going to say, it reminds me of like when you're thinking of a song and then it comes on the radio or you're thinking yeah. of somebody and your phone rings, except to like the nth degree, you know. Exactly. It's kind of like that on steroids. And the thing was, is that to me, what that was, I do think there are times, I mean, and again, anything I say is a theory. I am not an expert. I just interview people. This is just my theory that our loved ones, sometimes, I think sometimes it could be hard for them to communicate, but I think sometimes our past loved ones can engineer things. Hmm. And I think that my uncle somehow engineered for all of that to happen and for me to know, you're thinking of me and I'm thinking of you too and I'm okay. That's the way I took it. Yeah, well, that's really sweet. <laughs> and and the thing is, my uncle, um, was big with tools. He was a handyman guy. And uh, I ended up with a lot of his tools. So, you know, if I'm looking for like a certain size socket or wrench or something, and stuff's messed up, I can't find it. I'm like, okay, John, help me out. And <laughs> within a minute or two, I'll I'll find the right tool. Oh, every that's time. so cool. Every time. That's really cool. Well, you know, you have had such a vast amount of stories told on your podcast, uh, your multiple podcasts. Are there some that stick out to you that are truly horrifying? Some that till this day still stick in the back of your mind that when you have those quiet moments, you go, oh man, that episode was just the scariest. Well, there was one that happened relatively recently I'll share with you. And uh, this one was um, pretty freaky. And again, another very credible story actually told to me by a reverend hmm. who has written a series of books on haunted Michigan uh, uh, Reverend uh, Gerald Hunter. And uh, when he was uh, going through school, he was working through school, um, taking midnight shifts at a juvenile detention facility. And there were about 50 teenagers, and most of them were male. There were a few that uh, were female, and they all had their own room. Now, um, there were th three people who worked at the prison at night kind of overseeing the, the teenagers. There were two two males and one female. And after they finished doing their cleanup janitorial duties for the evening, they'd listen to an audio scan of each room um, and it would cycle through like two seconds apiece to make sure that everybody was asleep, nobody's causing a problem, anything like that. So one night as they sat and listened, they heard a 15-year-old resident talking to someone which was kind of impossible because the rooms were locked down and the room checks throughout the night, but they heard like a conversation going on and they focused on, they stopped it and they listened to that room on the scanner and they heard an old man's voice responding to him, which made no sense because there wasn't an old man there. So Gerald's friend, Ronnie, uh, feared nothing, but he didn't want to go check on it because, uh, he was kind of freaked out, yeah. but uh, Gerald said, no, let's go check. They they went and they listened outside the door, and the old man's voice was urging this young boy to do something criminal. Hmm. They put their flashlight in. The young man was sitting up seemingly in a trance of some sort and was unaware of them, and both voices were coming from the young man. Now, at first, hmm. they thought maybe this is like multiple personality, psychological thing going on. But then they watched both voices come from him at the same time talking over one another. Oh, my gosh. 
Yeah. Now, after a while, they kind of debated, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? They decided to go in, and the boy stopped. They shook him gently, and he seemed to wake up confused and asking, what are you doing here? What's going on? They said he'd been talking in his sleep and asked him if he remembered any of it. And he said, no, he didn't. So hmm. they needed to log why they entered the room. So not wanting to be called crazy, they wrote that he had a sleepless night and maybe someone <laughs> should ask how he's feeling in the morning. But, but, but there's more to that. They later found out that that same night, the woman who was in charge of the female wing had heard something identical while she was doing the laundry, which was located in the female wing. Uh, wing. She went to look in on the young woman. She found precisely the same thing, but when she entered the room, the girl reacted identical to the boy wow. in the wing. And uh, they all kept it to themselves. She wrote a similar note in her log. It never happened again, but all three employees dreaded those checks from mm. there on up because it might happen again. And the reverend thinks that maybe there was a supernatural force trying to tempt those young people into doing bad things. Yeah. So that was a recent creepy one that we had. It's... Um, Thanks. I'll be thinking about that one now in the back of my head. And, and I'll give you another one. I'll give you another one. This is off the top of my head, so I'll remember it as best I can. This was a few years ago. This was a woman named Julie. And her and her husband were stationed in, well, her husband was stationed in Germany. He's Air Force and she's an Air Force wife. And one morning, about 530 in the morning, she wakes up and she feels her husband spooning her. She thought, that's kind of odd. And he's doing it like really, really like hard, like squeeze her heart, hurting her. Mm. And um, she looks back. And it's a version of her husband, but it's a creepy kind of slightly off looking version of her husband with a big smile on his face. Jim, no. Okay. Yes, we, yes, yes, yes. We just <laughs> recorded an episode that is not released yet. It'll drop probably this Monday or the next Monday. And yeah. I kid you not, the lady who came on the podcast, she has a six foot seven husband and she said she was taking a shower and she saw him look over the shower curtain at her. And when she looked at him, he had a creepy, big, almost unrealistic yeah. smile yeah. on his face. Oh, that is so weird that. Yeah, it is. I just and heard this, this yesterday. So that's on my show. We This happens on my show. I say the show produces itself because we we have people signed up at random and we'll mm -hmm. have like a session and we'll have like, you know, we have a session of let's say we're recording a dozen people. Four of them will have very similar stories. It's weird oh. how it happens. It's very weird. But anyway. This episode of the Real Hauntings Real Ghost Stories podcast is brought to you by Wild Grain. Hey everyone, it's Noah Daniels and I'm here to talk to you again about Wild Grain. Our last shipment of Wild Grain was so good that my four-year-old cannot stop asking for more of that awesome bread with dinner. And I'm not going to lie, I'm right there with him. And honestly, there's nothing quite like the smell of fresh bread baked coming from the oven. What if I told you that you too could get that delicious experience of homemade bread with none of the time and work involved? Well, you can by ordering from Wild Grain. Wild Grain is the first ever bake from frozen subscription box for sourdough breads, fresh pastas, and artisanal pastries. Every item bakes frozen in 25 minutes or less, no thawing required. And you can now fully customize your Wild Grain box, so you can choose any combination of breads, pastas, and pastries. 
You can even build a box of only breads, only pastas, or only pastries if you'd like. Plus, for a limited time, you can get $30 off the first box, plus free croissants in every box. When you go to wildgreen.com slash hauntings to start your subscription. You heard me. Free croissants in every box and $30 off your first box when you go to wildgrain.com slash hauntings. That's wildgrain.com slash hauntings, or you can use promo code hauntings at checkout. You can shop from anywhere doing pretty much anything. You might shop while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast. And however you shop, we all know and love the thrill of the hunt. But do you also know how to get the thrill of the best deals? Because Rakuten shoppers do. With Rakuten, they get the deals they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Sephora, Nike, and even Expedia if you're looking to get some travel in. And getting cash back doesn't mean you have to miss out on sales because those can just be stacked right on top. It's easy to use and based on a simple idea. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers and Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back through PayPal or check. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. So that's not the end of the story. So she turns around and she realizes this is not her husband because her husband's out on his run at mm. that particular time in the morning. They does every morning. So she realizes she's dealing with something like a, uh, uh, a really horrible spirit. And she says, uh, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. And the, her quote husband says, "Don't say that." <laughs> and and I think she said it again. And he went away. And mm-hmm. then he came back and appeared at the foot of the bed. And 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 this thing started to harass her. But she became so used to it. She's kind of like, "Go away! I'm trying to get some sleep." But she said that she was so glad that they were able to get out of that housing. And I think she's stationed now, or he was moved to Wyoming or somewhere, mm-hmm. but was so glad to get get out of that. Wow, that is so, you, you know, talking about like serendipitous things. It just blows my mind that you just told that story. And I literally interviewed somebody last night with a very um, similar story. Yeah, always fun to get the creepy chills during these. <laughs> Even when you're hearing the hearing the story secondhand, it's it's still possible. It's just never a dull moment when when you're interviewing people about the supernatural. And there's always something different. Just like I told you when we were doing the recording for Campfire with your stories, I've not heard stories exactly like that. There's, yeah. I'm sure you see the same thing. There's always something new. There's always a new kind of story. So I'm curious, you know, you're also an author, you you have um, 
books on Kindle, I believe, which mm-hmm. can be bought and downloaded. So you're an author, you're a podcaster, you've worked in broadcasting. You've been at this a little bit now. So what like big picture do you want to just keep doing this? Do you are, are you going to eventually make a movie or a TV show about this stuff? I mean, what what is the uh, the big dream for Jim when you have already you know, I, I hate to say this because everybody's level of accomplishment is different and the stick right. is always moving based on right. what happens in our lives. Right. But but what are kind of the wants you want moving forward that keep you interested in this medium and, and creating more content? Well, first of all, I could see myself podcasting at some level until like I uh, exit. Yeah, same. <laughs> I, I really uh, I really believe this is kind of like what I was meant to do. Mm-hmm. And so whatever I would do long term, I think the podcasting, especially the campfire, will probably be a part as, of what I do as long as I'm healthy and I'm well and can pull it off. Um, so I don't see podcasting going away from me at all. If there's the opportunity to add other projects, if there are any TV people out there, I'm glad to talk to you. Uh, but I have, but uh, funnily on that note, I have talked to some TV people, and it's always been kind of underwhelming. Mm-hmm. But maybe, maybe you TV person out there is the one that it won't be underwhelming. <laughs> so feel free to call. Uh, but the but the point is, is that I think wherever I do podcasting is always going to be the. Um, focal point of it, because I really think that it's, as you know, and, and it's obvious that you've fallen in love with the medium. It's such a great opportunity to do our own thing, not have the man tell us what to do, do it our way. That's why I'm always very much an independent. I've been mm-hmm. approached by various networks and things like that. And, you know, I'm kind of not to brag too much, but I can kind of do it all. I can do the tech. I mean, I do have some editors who help out now, but that's just relatively recent. Um, I do my own advertising. I mean, I pretty much handle every aspect of the business. And while I always uh, look at how I can expand and get more help so I can can expand, uh, I love what I do. And I don't see – my model is kind of like I had a um, – a boss of mine who owned a radio station and he's still broadcasting. I think he's about 90. Wow. And I kind of look at this as owning a small radio station. It is, yeah. And um, I treat it that way. But I love the topic. That's the thing. It would be one thing if I were, you know, broadcasting about widgets or, you know, something that <laughs> bored me. Yeah. But this is the great thing is I get to do this cool job and I get to talk about ghosts and spooky stuff and UFOs and cryptids and all that. And I, I just love the idea of being able to marry all my passions, tech, broadcasting, the paranormal, all this stuff together. It's really a blessing. And I'm very thankful to my audience who are really the ones that made it possible. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm curious as as somebody who is such a great curator of all this content. Are there any movies or TV shows or books that you're really into right now that you feel like are also kind of tickling that interest in the supernatural? Well, I'm very old school. So I like old mysteries, old horror movies. Uh, I'm I'm very much, uh, very much uh, old school for the most part. You know, there are a few more modern things that I've uh, enjoyed. But I just always find myself going back to the classics uh, and, you know, Hitchcock and, and, and things like that and, and uh, The Shining and The Exorcist. 
you know, those uh, Rosemary's Baby, always uh, one of the most terrifying movies you could ever see. Um, but on a different level, it's not blood and guts. It's not going right. to spray you with blood. It's it's actually more sinister. Um, so that's kind of where I am at with that. But I guess I'm just an old guy. But I love the classic stuff. That's that's kind of where my heart is. Interesting. You mentioned Hitchcock. I, I think of the Bizarro World as something that always that episode that sticks with me. I saw some of those. I think when I was too young to be watching yeah. Hitchcock, but I was yeah. kind of a latchkey kid that kind of. <laughs> race myself with a television so yeah i watched so many of those old you know black and white get smart um uh, what was the other dragnet you know all that Dragon, stuff just the facts, just the facts. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly <laughs> now a great one from the 70s it's kind of campy but it's kind of a precursor to um the x-files was Coljack, the night stalker mm. oh yeah i haven't seen uh, that uh same guy who played the father in one of my favorite that movie's uh, A Christmas Story, Darren oh, McGavin. Uh, but that that really was a precursor to, to uh, X-Files. And my all-time favorite's The Twilight Zone. Uh, yeah. Nothing can beat The Twilight Zone. In fact, yeah. I got to interview Rod Serling's daughter a few years ago, and that was the coolest thing. Oh, wow. Uh, just to talk with her about her, um, ironically, her father who died on my sixth birthday. Oh, interesting. Yeah, it's kind of weird. We had a kind of an occurrence that took place on the podcast that wasn't expected. We brought in a guest interviewing about their story and randomly they go, oh, yeah, my um, great uncle was one of the priests in the actual room of the exorcist that the right. uh, media is. And we were like, excuse me, what can we rewind and talk about that for an hour? <laughs> you know, so you never know what story I always tell our guests, you know, ask your grandparents, ask your mom and dad, ask ask their friends, do you have stories? Because odds are yes. they're going to, which I think well, is always fascinating. Well, there were two great stories from my family. See, my dad was a steel worker. My mom, she was a stay-at-home mom. And she would have said that herself. So I'm not casting any aspersions, but that's what she was. And um, they had one story that happened to them together. And my dad had a story that happened with my uncle I just told you about. And uh, I heard those since I was a little kid. My family was originally from West Virginia. I grew up in Ohio. I was born and raised in Ohio. But I remember going back there and sitting on the porch and hearing stories. And, you know, there were a lot of tall tales, a lot of fish stories. But my ears would really pick up and perk up when I heard a supernatural story coming. And I think that that kind of planted the seed too for the campfire and for the idea of doing this. And um, I'll share one with you real quick that happened to my dad and my uncle. There was this guy, I guess, uh, they lived over a bar when they first moved to Cleveland uh, and they worked in the steel mills. And uh, they they lived together. And they were young guys, you know, like six two, like big guys, strong guys, played football. And uh, anyway, they uh, were living over a bar. There was this one guy who used to come into the bar. My dad said he always bought him drinks. He was an older man. And then the guy died. And there was like a picture of the guy over the bar that the bartender, the guy that owned the bar, put up. So anyway, they had this apartment over the bar. One night, my dad and uncle are asleep. They're in two different rooms. There's one door. And my dad wakes up. And he sees that guy, look after he died, looking over him, smiling at him. Mm. 
And my dad swings. And my dad's a big guy. I think my uncle is 6'2". My dad's six foot, uh, 220 pounds, you know, like strong guys. Totally misses him. Nothing. Air. And he starts screaming. He's like, there's somebody in this apartment. There's somebody in this apartment. My uncle gets up and he's like throwing out a few choice curse words. And <laughs> ah, you're full of you know what. And and there's nobody in here. Blah, 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 blah. And my dad's like, I'm telling you there was somebody in here. So anyway, uh, a couple weeks later, my dad's asleep. My uncle's asleep. My dad hears the ruckus in the other room. My uncle. My uncle's like, who's in this room? Who's in this place? Same thing happened. Guy went down, leaned over him, smiled, and he swung, and there was nothing. There. Oh, my gosh. Hmm. What's it with yeah. these these creepy ghosts wanting to smile at us? Like, yeah, this, lots let of us smiling. Be. Lots of smiling going on. <laughs> lots of smiling. The other one is a UFO story. Uh, Mom and my dad, and this must have been about 1970 or 71, I was a baby, so that tells you how old I am. Uh, but anyway, we were back in West Virginia, and they let my grandparents babysit me, and they went off to this secluded area. Uh, I don't want to know why, but they did. They drove <laughs> off to, like, this secluded area. So anyway, uh, my dad's there, my mom, and they're looking at the sky, and the whole sky lights up. And he said it lit up so much that, like, you could read the speedometer and the clock mm. on the dashboard of his 68 LeSabre. You could you could uh, read it like it was daylight. Yeah. And it lasted, I don't know, 30, 60 seconds. Then my dad went dark. He said he saw a man, the way he described it, he saw a man in a welding mask with mm. his hand out. My mom never claimed to see that. My mom did see the light. Then they decided, let's get out of here. They peel out, they go, you're going down like this dirt road as fast as they can without getting an accident. And then, in the words of my mom, she said, Then, Jimmy, I saw the biggest bunch of birds on the bank I ever saw in my life. You know, birds, which yeah. uh, that's interesting because I've done interviews with an author, Mike Cleland, who has done something about owls and the supernatural. Mm -hmm and possibly being tied into UFO sightings. And maybe owls are screen memories for something else. So maybe these birds weren't birds. They Maybe they were something else, but they were screen memories. Mm. So that was another story I heard growing up. So uh, it's no wonder I kind of gravitated towards weird stuff. Yeah, sure. I mean, wow, that's also interesting. Well, Jim, we're uh, kind of wrapping up on our time here. I want to make sure we get everything out that you want to let the audience know. Is there anything else that you'd like to tell our audience before we finish up? Well, if you like spooky stories, please check out Jim Harold's Campfire. You can find it on all your podcast apps. Also, the Paranormal Podcast, if you like to hear interviews with interesting people who are experts in these areas of ghosts, UFOs, cryptic creatures, and all kinds of spooky stuff. And Noah, thank you so much for taking time. I appreciate it. It's been great to have some time with you and your great audience. Thanks, Jim. Yeah, I would say if you are looking for a polished product in the supernatural realm of podcasting it really it's like a fine scotch compared to so much of the um unfinished products that are out there in the podcasting world i guess is the best way to put it it really is a joy to listen to you can tell just from how jim talks and carries himself it it, it you can get lost in his voice and if you could only see his head of hair you would uh you would know you're in the the right place so um jim thank you so much for coming on and this has been a, a true pleasure i i just enjoy interviewing people 
almost as much as I do listening to ghost stories. So anytime I can find somebody who's really broken through the zeitgeist, it's uh, cool to hear their story and maybe find out what makes them tick a little bit. So thank you for coming by. And I would love for you to do the outro with me if you're up for it. It's super simple. I just say, my name is Noah Daniels. You'll say your name is Jim. And then we go, woo, at the end I'm of glad it. to do it. Let's do it. <laughs> okay. With that, I'm Noah Daniels. I'm Jim Harold. Every five minutes, a transplant candidate dies while waiting for a compatible heart, liver, or kidney. Imagine a technology that could provide those life-saving transplant organs for a high price, and imagine what a company would do to monopolize that technology. On a remote island in Lake Superior, a team of geneticists unlocks this holy grail of medicine by reverse engineering the genomes of all mammals, creating an animal with organs perfectly suitable for human transplantation. They envisioned a docile herd animal, but one team member had another, darker vision. This ancestor is anything but docile. The team's work spawns something big, something evil, something very, very hungry. Ancestor is a complete serialized fiction podcast by number one New York Times bestselling novelist Scott Sigler with all episodes available. Binge the entire story now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts.